longer one nation under God. Are you ready to fight for a revival? Well, then you've come to the right place. Welcome to Fight and Revive with Adam Boyer. So, on the phone, as I said, Athematics conservative activist, guest contributor to the Bull Elephant, Brad Driscoll. He's with us today. Brad, thanks for coming back on the show. Thank you for having me back on, Adam. It's, it's an honor to be back. Same. So, uh, you wrote an article in the Bull Elephant. We'll kind of use that as our uh, uh, launching point uh, entitled Why We Need Term Limits in All Levels of Government. And you gave a very exhaustive list of here. I have it in front of me uh, several federal officials who have been in the Senate and then or in uh, the House of Representatives forever, it feels like. Mitch McConnell since 85, Dianne Feinstein since 92. Um, I believe Dianne Feinstein, she's in her 90s. She might actually be 92. Um, but we, we saw when she returned to the Senate after her bout with that illness a little while back and looking like a walking corpse. No offense to her, but that was just the way it was. I'm, I don't make the rules. Don't shoot the messenger, as Michael Knowles would say. Uh, Mike uh, Cropo, the Republican senator from Indiana, I believe it is, or maybe it's Idaho. It's one of those states that start with an I. I can't remember which one. Um, he's, he was in Congress forever. He was in, uh, he's been in the Senate for a long time. Nancy Pelosi, of course, since 1987. So the argument we get from a lot of folks is that we don't have, uh, or we already have term limits in the form of elections. And I think that those people don't really recognize the power of incumbency. And I think it's always politically naive to say that incumbency has no power because it clearly does. So um, me and you actually fall on the same side of the argument of this and that I think we should have term limits as obviously you do as well. So uh, what do you think are the main arguments for term limits? Well, basically, Adam, um, if you look at the um, examples of Mitch McConnell, Diane Feinstein, and so forth, you can tell that I'm um, in their age um, and even in recent events that their health is um, anything but um, spectacular and it seems like it's getting to the point where they can not really um, act for themselves, make um, crucial decisions and so forth, but it's also more than just um, health um, as well. I mean, of course, Sleepy Joe is a big example, but that's another story <laughs> for another time, but um, it also goes true. back to um, the 22nd Amendment um, for me when the president was um, limited to two terms, eight years total, um, after the death of President Franklin D. Roosevelt in 1945. Because they, um, the Congress believed that um, a president being in power for life, I mean, could be an overstepping of their power, even turning them um, into a dictatorship. And and I feel like that has um, helped um, our nation through the years um, keep a check, a, a system of checks and balances on um, on our president, our commander in chief, whether Republican or Democrat. And um, and thank God we have the Twenty Second Amendment because um, yes. I'm sitting there thinking about it today. Like um, if we did not have the Twenty Second Amendment, I mean, as of today, we could have um, the fourth term of Barack Obama, and that would be a nightmare right there. So yes, it yeah, would. I mean. I feel like term limits, um, the 22nd Amendment for the president's sake and so forth, um, even some of the states, um, including ours, having term limits um, for um, our governors, I mean, is very crucial because the last thing we want to turn our commonwealth or our nation into is um, the Republic of China um, or any other communist country for that matter. Or what Matt Walsh would call a geritocracy. <laughs> um, yeah, and, and as you mentioned, there are several states with uh, term limits. You say on your... Uh, you, 
very detailed in your article, you say, according to termlimits.com, there are currently 16 states that have term limits in the legislative branch. Those are Arizona, Arkansas, California, and several more. Uh, Virginia is not one of those, and we'll get to that in a minute. But I do just want to say something you mentioned uh, in the article, too, is that this is not a partisan issue either. This is not just Republicans saying, oh, we want to get Dianne Feinstein out, or the Democrats saying, you know, we want to get uh, Patrick Leahy out, or whoever. Um, or, uh, is he even in the Senate anymore? I just completely blanked on that, but is Patrick Leahy in the Senate? Did I... Okay. I was getting him confused with Chuck Grassley is what was happening. So, uh, my point was, it's not a partisan issue, and that one of the most prominent examples recently, obviously I mentioned Diane Feinstein, Mitch McConnell had his freezing episode where he was just kind of staring at the oblivion and unable to speak for 30 seconds, and then it happened again later when he was speaking to a group of individuals when he was asked if he was going to run for re-election, ironically, and, um... That's just a glaring example, I think, of why we need term limits. Maybe age limits, but that might be a little bit of a different topic. And uh, on the topic of retirement, I will say the uh, most thing I the the thing I respect um, Mitt Romney for the most is that he just announced he will not be running for re-election in 2024. So, ain't that the truth? Yes. Um, so that is a the argument for term limits on the federal level, and I think what a lot of people will say, as I said is that we have term limits already in the power in the um the rule of elections and i understand what they're saying but at the same time the power of incumbency is so strong not only for um just in the minds of voters and you know even the things you can just do on signs like re-elect obviously looks better than you know just vote for this guy and then along with that the system is made intentionally to where it incumbents get incredibly uh, benefited and that's why it's very hard often for a conservative to oust an establishment Republican even like a, in a Congress election or something and uh, that's one of the things you see in local politics a lot is how entrenched a, an establishment candidate will get in the school system or something where it's almost impossible to get them out I um, have an example when my uncle Rick uh, Rick Boyer ran for clerk of court I believe it was clerk of court back in I want to say the early to mid-2000s it was, he ran for it, and he had the Attorney General of Virginia, incredibly popular, Ken Cuccinelli, doing events for him, and some other very prominent people doing events for him, and he still didn't even win a clerk of court race, not because he didn't run a good campaign, because that's how entrenched incumbents can get. And so that's for me, is one of the most prominent reasons why we need term limits. Um. Yes, I mean, Adam, I agree with you on that 100%. That's the problem. As I wrote in my article, I mean, I think some of the voters just do not understand or they don't get it. I mean, they're simply so used to voting for someone because, for one, they're familiar with their name. And second, I mean, as long as that one person, even if it was Lucifer himself, I mean, had the R, the D, and the lines with their party, they would still vote for that um, individual. And... I think that's just very unhealthy because people are not doing their homework on the matter. They do not care um, who they're putting in office. They're just so comfortable and used to having said candidate um, or representative in office, and they just um, 
they're just so they're they're used to the same old same old. They're afraid of change, and they um just they just um want to settle and just um remain comfortable in what they have, even if that is causing harm to their community, their um state, or their um their nation. And it's just um it's very scary. I mean that's why we need term limits instead of just depending on the ballot box because people are not very educated on the matter. And until we get term limits, I feel that we as individuals and activists um, need to educate the voters on who they're voting for, why um, they're voting for um, so-and-so and so forth. I mean, it's just, it's take it's education um, is what it takes to um, get the people involved and engaged. I mean, people just need to start um, getting out and smelling the bacon pretty much as far as these issues are concerned. It's, that's, the way I, that's the way I take it. Yeah, and so a lot of people, I think, can get on board with the idea of term limits at the federal level. There's this poll from uh, News Nation, or at least that's the article that's reporting on it. And this is from a University of Maryland poll found earlier this year that 83% of voters support amending the Constitution to establish term limits, including 86% of Republicans and 80% of Democrats. Meaning this is, like I said, not at all a partisan issue. This is not something where it's just one party fighting for it. And so obviously a lot of people can get behind the idea of term limits on the federal level. So who uh, I think a lot of people get behind that, but something a lot of people I think overlook is that in the state level as well, in the General Assembly in Virginia, we have the branch of um, where the branches of government work in Virginia as we have obviously the governor and then the General Assembly is like the US Congress for those who might not be aware, the lower branch being the House of Delegates, the upper assembly being the Virginia Senate. And there aren't any term limits for anyone in the Virginia Assembly. The governor does have a term limit. He is limited to two non-consecutive four-year terms. Virginia is unique in that. And so um, and I believe the lieutenant governor and attorney general are not term limited, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, like I said, yeah. And like I said, no one in the General Assembly is. So do you think that's an okay idea on the state level as well? And are there any examples you can think of where it, I don't know if there's any, I know there are some, I can't think of any that come to mind initially, of people that have just been in the Virginia General Assembly for a long time and need to go. But um, what do you think of that on a state level? Well, um, Adam, I still think the same as every other um, state or even for um, on the federal level of government that um, we indeed do need term limits. I think for the um, state Senate personally, I mean, we should, since we have a term of four years, I mean, the Senate maybe be limited to two terms would be recommended, um, eight years total, and maybe the same for the um, House of Delegates, limited to four, ter four two-year terms, which would be added up to a total of eight, and that way um, it's... Um, fair to everybody and um that way no um other party is or uh, excuse me um no other um chamber um and the legislative um branch of our um commonwealth will get singled out but to go back um i want to use an, a great example um right now is going back to what i was saying about people will just vote for anybody that um yeah. because they're familiar with name one race i'm really looking out for this year is that actually in your district i'm um, in house district 51 where eric zier is on the Republican nominee, yes. and I believe Kimberly Moran is a Democrat. Um, I mean, it's, with Matt Ferris, it's basically just um, a matter of um, him being in office for almost 10 or 12 years, and he um, 
despite his legal issues, I feel like I and many others feel that um, that district could use a um, fresh face um, and representation. And I feel like it's time for us to move on from that, Ferris. Um, and I'm hoping that on November 7th that the people will make the right choice and, and elect a good man like Eric Zier, who would be great for all conservatives, not just in that district, but for the Commonwealth as a whole. I mean, I just hope they don't turn a blind eye to um, him and support Matt Ferris just because of his namesake, just because of his ties with the agriculture community and so forth. And I just feel like this is an example of why people need to do their homework more and be educated on the issues. Yes, because if there's one thing we know, it's that voters do not always do that, for sure. Uh, I would use the election of 2020 as a great example of people maybe not quite doing all their homework on Joe Biden. I think a lot of that was just anti-Trump voting anyway, but that's a different topic for another time. So as we wrap up here in the next five minutes or so, um, what would you say are some proposed term limits for some different uh, levels? We'll go through first the U.S. Senate and House of Representatives. I know there's, because of the way it's staggered, I'm sure there'll be some mathematical hurdles to work out, but for me, I would say, I mean, a Senate term is six years. So I would say maybe even like Virginia, one I like the way Virginia works with the governor because you can have two terms but they have to be non-consecutive, which does limit the power of incumbency very much, which we saw in 2021 when former Governor Terry McAuliffe lost a re-election bid. And so I would say, personally, in the Senate, may, like two, two terms maximum and maybe non-consecutively, and then the House of Representatives, maybe five, because that's 10 years. And that's more than enough time to try to get something done. And if you're not getting anything done in 10 years, you're not going to get it done in 20. So on the federal level, what would you say some good ideas for proposed term limits are? Well, I would say I somewhat agree with you on the um, U.S. Senate, um, being that each term um, is six years. Um, I would say um, no more than two terms, which would be a total of 12 years. Because um, like you said, if they're not getting nothing done in 10 years, then they're not going to get nothing done in the next year or two. So I think that would be a good idea as well and that way um i feel like when someone gets in a third or a fourth or a fifth term or whatnot they just basically are getting themselves burned out and yeah. just doing it for the benefits of having that position again i wrote my article about back in 1996 when then um chairman of the democratic party of virginia mark warner was debating um u.s current uh that the u.s some um, senate um Senator Mark, uh, John, Warner. John Warner at the time, um, he uh, made a pledge that he would serve no more than two terms if elected to the United States Senate, and he's been in office since 2009, Mark Warner, and he um, currently broke his um, pledge um, back in from 96, and he is currently serving a third term, and Mark Warner, I'm not saying it's just because he's a Democrat, but because of the fact um, that he has done nothing, and he, here he is in his third term, and he, he's still doing nothing yeah. he's just um hogging up a seat um just for his um namesake and just for his um benefit um for the um u.s house of representatives um i would say like because i believe each term carries is two years so i would say uh, maybe no more than four or five terms which would be a total of eight to ten years um that way i mean it ain't exactly equal with the united states senate but i still feel like it's more than um fair and generous, um, and I feel like, um, again, if they're not getting nothing done close to 10 years, then they're not going to get nothing done at all. So I think that um, settles that as far as the um, having proposed term limits on the federal level of government. Yes, I very much agree. 
Uh, lastly, I've got about two minutes here. Uh, lastly, so on the, uh, I know you say in your article that you also think that we should have term limits on local offices such as a sheriff, board of supervisors, etc. And I agree with you there. I don't think there's a whole lot of need for discussion on that since it's pretty much, I mean, the federal government on a smaller level. So I think we can agree there with term limits there as well. Um, I think it's a little bit easier to oust an incumbent in a local race depending on the race, but I do like the idea of that as well. So lastly, as we wrap up here in the next maybe two minutes or so, um, what would you say are some good proposed limits, uh, term limits for the Virginia Senate and General Assembly? Because I know a lot of the listeners are in Virginia. Uh, for those who might not be aware, a Senate term in Virginia, uh, Virginia Senate is four years and a House of Delegates term is two years. Um, Adam, going back to um, looking at the federal levels of government, I would say um, for the state Senate, um, since you have a four-year term, limit um, the Senate to um, two terms, eight years total, and the House, um, let's equal that up with the um, state Senate, and let's um, give them four terms, um, which total up to eight years since each term is two years, so I feel like um, that would be a good way to start as far as term limits are concerned, and that way... um, I feel like eight years, um, even for our Commonwealth, is more than enough for um, our elected um, officials to get stuff done. Because if they're going to start getting stuff done, they will truly start on day one when elected to office and they start their own term. So no excuses on that as far as I'm concerned. And I like the idea, too, of eight years because that gives those people uh, in the House, Delegate, and Senate, if they each have eight years, that gives them two governors to work under no matter what because like I said obviously governor can't run back to back in Virginia so that gives them the excuse of oh well what if we're blocked by the party uh you know I could get I couldn't get anything done in eight years because you know we had the general assembly but we didn't have the governorship well this at least gives you two different governors to work under even if they're both of the same party but it gives you a better chance and I like that so you end your article in the bull elephant by saying too much power for years or even and even decades can lead to the downfall of a nation, a statehood, and even your own community. And I would absolutely agree. A lot of people are in politics for the money, for the career, and honestly for the security. Like I said, a Nancy Pelosi, for example, she has no danger of losing her seat no matter what until she wants to. Dianne Feinstein is not going to run for re-election, but if she did, she could win as a walking corpse at 94, 95 years old, she could win another six-year term because some voters in <clears throat> California are really that stupid. So I absolutely agree. Yes, very much. So uh, by the way, when California was threatening to secede a while back, I said to let him go, get rid of 55 electoral votes for Democrats as far as I'm concerned. So I, I definitely agree. I think that's a very interesting idea. And before I let you go, uh, have uh, you have the floor? Any closing comments you want? I will just ask you real quickly: What is your idea of an age limit for? Um, since we have an age limit on the younger side of things, should there be an should there be an age limit where you're too old to run for an office? Um, well, I'm going to try to be unbiased on this one. As uh, most people know, that I am supporting um, Donald Trump for re-election. I know he is in his seventies and so forth. Um, I do. I feel like he's mentally fit to um, run. Yes, I do. I mean, and I'm supporting because I feel personally he's the best choice. But if you look at age, um, even then, um, I would say at the very, very um, maximum, the age limit should be capped at maybe 75 years old. And I will add, too, that I feel like, I mean, maybe they should um, 
whoever's running for office should be um, physically checked um, and mentally checked to see if they um, would benefit um, even running for office because I feel like that is very crucial. I mean, age is one thing, but is their physical and mental health um, worth um, them running or worth it for the people to be under their um, leadership? So that's something else to consider is their health as well. Yep, that, that's definitely something to keep in mind. I think you run to a little bit of a, some gray area with competency tests as have been floated, but perhaps we could talk about that another time. For now, uh, I've got to run. We're going to wrap up the episode. Thank you, Brad, for coming back on. Hope to have you back on the show at some point in the future, and I always enjoy talking to you. Absolutely, Adam. I look forward to being back on, and um, appreciate your time. I really enjoyed it. Absolutely. Thank you. Term limits, interesting question. You know what you should do? You should go down to the comments and let me know what you think. Are term limits a good idea? I think so. Age limits? I don't know. You're starting to get in some gray area, like I said, with competency tests and maybe age limits, but people like Joe Biden are a convincing argument with that for that. So uh, it's very important that you go down to the comments and let me know, and ironically, that will also help boost this video in the algorithm. And if you really want to do that and help get this show out to more people if you think, man, this is some really good stuff. More people should know about this and be able to see these types of interviews from Fight and Revive. Well, what you could do is subscribe to the channel, turn on your notifications so you always stay up to date uh, with videos and you can in turn kind of a snowball effect and keep helping get some uh, engagement with the channel. And of course, you could also like the video and if you are really dedicated, go to Facebook and share the video with your friends perhaps. I don't know, just saying. You could try it. Folks, thanks for watching Fight and Revive with Adam Boyer. I am Adam Boyer. I am out. Thanks for watching.